going on? Hey, it's your freaking mook. It's your freaking mook. I'm Rob. I'm Billy. Here we are. We're back at it. Back at it again. Again. Uh, This is our podcast and we talk about all the things we love. Today, we're uh, we're talking about literature. Yes. With a capital L. We're Uh getting fancy. Oh, literature. (laughs) We're going to share the wonderfully uh, bizarre work of... uh, German mystery man Ulrich Harburst. Also known as Uli. Also known as Uli. Uli. Ulrich Harburste. Mm-hmm. Apologies if we're getting that a little wrong, but um I am a super fan. I'm a you, super fan you, of this you dude. You have loved this dude forever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I first read um Uli's work in the early two thousands. And a friend in Melbourne uh, just put me onto this website, and it's the most fucking incredible thing in the world. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even know really how to start this. No. Um, it's Uli's work is is published on this website. Yes. Um, it's it's a very basic old like. Yeah, it's like it looks like it's from like the nineties. Yeah, it's like it's ge- geosites. Ge- like yeah, of. it's got like a real like uh, Craigslist vibe. Yeah, yeah, it looks very kind of basic. Anyway, Uli's stories, short stories, are on this website where you can read them all, and they're all sort of a little, a little kind of different, different settings. But the main thing is there's there's a, let's just say there's a theme. There is there's a running theme that connects all of these wonderful pieces of writing, and that is <laughs> that is Roy Orbison, the uh, the pop singer, the Man in Black, the other Man in Black, being wrapped in cling film. There you go. And so for all the United States uh, citizens out there, uh, cling film is what we refer to as saran wrap. Yeah, we would call it we would call it glad wrap in Australia. That's a that's a branding thing. I thought you guys called it cling film in Australia no, because don't. what was the bad boy Bubby thing where he's wrapping the fucking that's head? That's saying like glad wrap, I think. No, he says he says cling film. I don't think we I don't think I ever really called it cling film. I don't know. Well, this I, guy's German, so where is he getting cling film? Oh, the English people. English. English people. Maybe. Maybe it's a European... Whatever. We all know what it is. It's fucking saran wrap. It's yeah. cling film. It's glad wrap. It's whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's the shit that you put over your lasagna. Yeah. Well, most people put it over their lasagna or, you know, whatever. But uh, Uli, <laughs> his whole thing... Oh, he's not wrapping lasagna. He's wrapping people. No, he's, he's wrapping one person. He's wrapping one person. One person in very particular. Specific. Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. So when I first read these things, I, I was so just like blown away. I read them over and over again. And not only had I, I'd never heard anything about it. I think this is the first kind of like fan fiction that I'd ever read. Yeah. I didn't even really know it. Fan fiction is kind of a crazy thing. I don't know much about it, but I, I know that it's crazy. Yeah. It's, there's a whole world out there, you know, and, um, I'd, I'd never read anything before like it, but I was just so impressed with the, the absolute like attention to detail. Like everything is very specific. You, yeah. you get the feeling that you are in this man's head. Right. And he, you know, everything is thought of down to like very particular details. <laughs> And I love that's that's something that I just like love in all creative people. Well, it's great. Like, yeah, being able to get inside a fucking person's head that's not you, it's 
amazing. Yeah, I mean that's that's why you love all the stuff, right? right. And that's how, you know it's like a, a walk in, uh, trying on someone else's shoes yeah, if, if you want. You know what? Take a walk. Take a walk in my shoes, motherfucker. Yeah, see the way you I see. Move. Yeah, you fucking move. Um, anyway, so when I when I read them, I printed them out from the internet, and uh, so these prints, these are like these are from like. 2012. Something like that. These are old fucking people. And bunch that's of like old ass shit printed here. That's like the second or the third copies that I printed out. Right. So you've been traveling with these fuckers. I have, and not because anytime I would start to talk, I like anytime there was an opportunity for me to bring this up. Yes. I would fucking bring out these crusty pieces of paper and go, <laughs> "Oh my god, you have to read these." Read like, these, yeah. I have been uh, on the street team for for a while here. You've been putting in putting in hard works for Uli. He doesn't even, have, by the way, he doesn't even know you're putting in all this work. He doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't even know we're doing this right now. I know, and I hope I hope he knows. Uli, we, we really love you, and I mean, in the future, we'd love to, like, uh, I would love to talk to this oh, guy. Oh, we should try to interview him. Oh, it'd be great. Uli, if you're listening. Shout out to Uli. So anyway, what we thought we would do today is the the short the stories um, available on the website are pretty short. They're about a page. We figured yeah. we we picked a couple of our favorites, and um, what we're, we're gonna have a little story time here today. Storytelling right? time, yeah. We're gonna read a couple of the stories, and then we're gonna kind of talk about them. And um, in the words of Uli, it would be the act of a fool. Not to listen. Oh, very good German accent. Well, we're, we're gonna work on it. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna butcher the German gonna, accent yeah, today. Yeah, these, these German accents are a work in progress. Um, and we, I mean, let's just, I, I wanna put this out here. We're not, we're gonna attempt to read them in a, in a slight German accent, and we're not really doing this at, for like fun. No. But they're just, they, they're, Ger- they, they're German stories. They're German stories, and they're, they are definitely sort of. Um, but don't hey, don't they? They don't call themselves German. What do you mean? They're Deutsch. They're Deutschland. I uh, well, I mean, Deutschland is Germany in German, right? That's what it is. No, that's what it is. But that's what I mean. It's like we call it. Why do we call it the wrong? If it's Deutschland, then it should be a Deutschland accent. Oh man, I you know I. I'm just throwing this out there that I don't understand why we call them a different name than they call themselves. Because it's a different language, sweetheart. But it doesn't matter what the name of what the language is. It's the name of the country. Yeah. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. So he says, it would be an act of a fool not to listen. Jesus Christ, this is going to be bad. Anyway, oh, so we're going to read some of these stories. Rob is going to read the first one. No, I'm going to read the first one. You read the first one. I'm reading the first one. All right, you um, do. We, we, as I said, we've picked a couple of the stories. We're going to read them to you, and then we're going we're gonna to chat. We're going to chat about it. Okay. So this is, this is um, I don't even know if this is a title. I think they're just like Roy Orbison in Kling Film Part 1 or whatever. They're listed on the website mm-hmm. as a bunch of different things like that. I think this is number four. And we got to remember to like tell people the website at the end or we something. Will. So we that, will. Like, and we will make Because you got to sure. see this fucking thing for yourself. Oh, it's wor- It's totally worth it. It's wild. It's we a wild will, ride. We will put all of that information on our, uh, on our Instagram, on our website, on all the places you can find us. Okay. So without further ado, mm-hmm. the first um, Uli Harburster story on uh, Roy Orbison being wrapped in cling film. Cling film. Here we go. This time, 
I am at the health spa having my cuticles attended to and procuring a pedicure for Jetta. Asterix. Yeah. Jetta is his terrapin. And that's a that's a it's turtle, a turtle, right? It's his pet. Yeah, he's it's got a pet, pet turtle. Because this this is going to keep coming up. Yeah, Jetta's in Jetta is his like basically his sidekick, and Jetta appears in a lot of these stories. And that's his pet turtle, and it's not a pet jet. terrapin, Rob. It's a terrapin. <laughs> It, oh, my bad. Okay. That, it's go. his pet sorry, fucking sorry. terrapin. It's not a Volkswagen car. But, it, but and that's the other thing. Exactly. Would it's he not. know that a Volkswagen has a car named Tachetta? I don't know. I don't he know. He should know that because it's confusing. But anyway, when he's talking about Jetta, he's not talking about a Volkswagen. <laughs> he's not. He's talking about a fucking turtle. A terrapin. Okay, here we go. This time, I am at the health spa, having my cuticles attended to, and procuring a pedicure for Jetta. Also, says the garrulous beautician as she works, you will never guess we are favored by a visit from celebrity today. Unglaublich, I say without much interest. Some dreary town councillor or rising star of the banking industry, no doubt, I say with a wink at Jetta. No, no, says the busybody as she plies her trade. This is a big American rock star who wears iconic black clothing and trademark dark glasses. His name is mm, Roy Orbital, Orbe Heisen, Rasmussen, something of that nature. It takes a second or two for the penny to drop. Black clothes and dark glasses, you say? I implore you to think carefully. Could the man's name conceivably be Roy Orbison? This is a matter of extreme urgency to me. Yes, <laughs> that was it exactly. Fancy, he is in the next room waiting for me to give him a seaweed wrap. I rise from the chair. I find I have to go out for a moment. You will please remain here and attend to Jetta. I have decided you will give her a shell wax. <laughs> I will be locking the door after I leave to ensure your compliance. So, so, he's really into that word, it's great. I adjourn smartly to the next cubicle. Roy Orbison is lying on a massage table, naked, save for a strategically placed towel. Some soothing unguent has been applied to his face, and slices of cucumber have been placed over his trademark dark glasses. Wait, they put the cucumber on the glasses? Yeah. yeah. That's fucking dope. <laughs> Good day, I say. Are you relaxed? I am highly relaxed, but expect to be more so following my seaweed wrap, says Roy. Regrettably, I find we have run out of seaweed following a maritime disaster in which various contaminants were released, destroying the world's supply of shagasso for generations to come, I say smoothly. Instead, I urge you to try our new cling film wrap. The health-giving properties of this miracle substance cannot be overstated. Cling film? Roy cannot see me, but tries to peer around the cucumber slices, occluding his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know your voice? I am an eminent doctor and am to be trusted implicitly. Ah, says Roy. Then you may commence. Speaking as a doctor, that is a wise decision. <laughs> 
I start from the feet and work my way up. It is strange for him to be naked as I wrap him, but I suppose it would be too suspicious for I to ask him to put his trademark black clothes back on. I am like an Egyptian priest enshrouding his pharaoh. Soon, Roy Orbison is wrapped in cling film. I let out a soft mew of content and mutely acknowledge that all things work for the best in this world. You are completely wrapped in cling film, I tell him. To get the full benefits, you must remain so for several hours or until somebody comes in and finds us. To keep you company, I will stay in the room and breathe heavily. <laughs> that is kind of you. There follows several hours of, most, of almost unbearable bliss. Presently, a masseuse comes in and looks at us quizzically. We are closing now. Have you seen Frida? Yes, I locked her in the room next door. Ah, why is that man in cling film? Medical reasons. So, I permit the woman to unwrap Roy, as it is not in my nature to do so. You know, I say, if you were to remain wrapped in cling film forever... I estimate it could extend your lifespan by a thousand years. I will bear that in mind, says Roy. And it wouldn't do my health any harm either, I almost add. The end. Very well done. Woo! There you have it. I like how, I like the part where he throws in that he doesn't like that he's naked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When, you know, I'm not too sure that's the truth. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a real delicate balance. I mean, these are the things that are are so fascinating about these stories. Like, and he's he's thought about like as you said, the cucumber slices on the glasses. Mm-hmm. Like he can't take off his glasses because then he ceases to be Roy Orbison. Yeah, he's got to be. He got to stay Roy. He's got to stay Roy. Yeah, that's what he the dude's into. So. Well, we're going to, I mean, that was, that was like, just like wetting, you know, dipping your toe in the water of this amazing world. Right. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the website with some great, some great little quotes, because here's the thing you get to know about Uli is everything he writes is distinctly him. It's fucking gold. It's no like, one else yeah, could write it's it. It's all his shit. So even like, so when he's making a note about why you can't buy his book on his website, yeah. he's writing it in the fucking same way that he's writing these stories. These stories. It's incredible. He has such a, uh, a command of his version of the English language. It's incredible. Right, right. It's so good. So we mentioned that the the website hasn't been updated, you know. Well, it's updated all the time, but it hasn't been, like, redone or the style. Right, like, he he updates it, like, once a year, but it still looks like it's 1995. Yeah. So the the last update was, I think, in 2016. So it's he's he's He's, out there. He's out there. He's on it. it. But the really weird thing about it is the website, you would think it would be, you know, Uli uh, Haberst or, you know, whatever – or Roy Orbison in cling film or something like that, but it's not. It's it's, it's MichaelKelly.artofeurope.com. Dot com. Huh. So you're like, okay, well, and and it's always been that. That's that's the weird thing is over the years I've kind of forgotten like how to find these things right. because it, it's weird. You can't just like look up the website. So you know the the thing is is that for me is like. 
Uli's always sort of deferring to this like mysterious Michael Kelly. And who who is he? He's supposed to be like his like manager. His agent or his, or his manager. Yeah, his or agent, something. his handler. And um Michael Kelly. It just all seems a bit weird. So like I don't know. It's it's like I don't understand where that fits in. So there's this statement on his on his website now. Do you want to read this one, Rob? Uh, yeah, one? I'll give it a shot. Uh, this so this is written by Uli on his website. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that was like uh, apologies. Oh, oh, oh yeah, because mine sounded more Russian. Yeah, you apologies. <laughs> I have ceased answering mail personally because of Vedas. Please address all inquiries to Mr. Kelly, who is acting as my semi-official manager and press agent. <laughs> so, okay, so this this guy, uh, Michael Kelly, is apparently his agent or whatever. But do you need a fucking agent to write fan fiction about Roy Orbison? Like Michael Kelly's like has never says anything on the website. It's <laughs> right. all early. Uh-huh. So you know, for for a while there, I'm like, are they just the fucking same? Person? Yeah, you're saying they're the same person. Well, this is uh, and and what I have since like in doing the research for this episode, I've since found out that that's a real thing. Like everyone, everyone kind of thinks that Michael Kelly and Uli are the same person. Right. And um, because it's, it's kind of you know, it, and like we're you know we're both artists. I get it. It's kind of a bad look. To be trying to sell yourself. But it's also, it also gives you like a firewall. It gives right. you like a, a thing like he can. Yeah, just he, talk to, just talk to Michael Kelly. Yeah, or like I'm not dealing with press yeah. inquiries, like speak to or, my or, agent. Or, or as he says, Vierdos. Yeah, Vierdos. I don't want to talk to Vierdos. Um, so anyway, I, look, I found there's, uh, there's a bunch of interviews with Uli out there too. And I, I encourage Who's interviewing him. this guy? All over, like there's a there's an old interview from like ten years ago from Vice magazine. There's, oh, um, so Vice is on it. Vice is on the case from from years ago. Oh shit! And um, uh, Jelly Roll magazine, like a, a music magazine back in the day, and like you know, mm-hmm. as an as in addition to excuse me, um, many different websites and stuff. There's a ton of interviews out there. Okay, so this guy's out there. Um, but Uli, when when people have asked him about if him and Michael Kelly are the same person, he says, do you want me to read this one? You, you do it. Okay. This confusion annoys me. Mr. Kelly is a spiv and a parasite. He offered to include my stories on his website and then to publish my book. But since then, he has been leeching off me like <coughs> a Bavarian milkmaid with a Potsdam brush salesman. <laughs> What the fuck is a Potsdam brush salesman? I don't know. I don't know, but it's great. And yeah. but Michael Kelly's been fucking leeching off. He's off been leeching off, off this guy's work. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> so anyway, he mentions in that that um. He's like a Bavarian milkmaid with a Potsdam brush salesman. <laughs> the worst, right? I hate it. I hate it when they. I hate, when, it, when I they hate it when they ring your doorbell. Um. So in two thousand and seven, this mysterious Michael Kelly published a book. Okay. And all of the stories were published a book in, in and it's Uli Harbour's novel of Roy Orbison in Kling film. And you could buy it in a bunch of places. This is like over 10 years ago. Right. Um, but it was all already on the website. It was on the website. Right. Um, I, you know, there's probably new material included in it or whatever. But anyway, I'm like, I, I have been actually meaning to buy the book for years. Yeah, you should, but at this point, you should buy the book. I kind of, like, forget about him for, for a couple of years, and then I, I remember. 
But anyway, so I'm like, oh, I may as well see if I can get a copy of the book. But it's unavailable at oh, this yeah. time. And there is a fantastic <laughs> statement about this as of... Oh, why it's unavailable on the website. Yeah. yeah. You, want, you want to have a go? Or should I? You do it. This is fantastic. This first line is all caps. <laughs> all caps. Inefficiency alert as of September 2016. Maximum attention. <laughs> it's very direct. I regret to announce that my book is currently unavailable to buy or at least more difficult to buy and not procurable by the means stated below. See my manager, Mr. Kelly's page for his whining excuses and further information. (laughs) So I went on to Mr. Kelly's page Uh where, what he's referring to here. And in fact, Mr. Kelly did write a statement and he was like, yeah, unfortunately you can buy it. It was published in New Zealand. Maybe I, you can get a copy from them. It's, <laughs> it's unavailable at other places. If you really want a copy, maybe I can dig one up from my personal archive. However, I'm not very good at getting to the post office. And um, so it may take a while. And there's, uh, I have a, a box of books under my bed that are very dusty and perhaps the cats have gotten in there and peed on them. So you can't... What's this guy? We need him as our agent. Oh my God. What's this guy's number? We need this Seriously. guy to fucking get it cracking for us. This is amazing. Michael Shout Kelly, out to Michael Kelly. Uh, you, you're please, you're we, a fucking gold star agent. Five stars, dog. We need representation. We need representation get right out. now. Please uh, let your cat piss on our fucking... It's incredible. And in fact, I... Why would you publish it in fucking New Zealand of all places? This guy's German. I'm assuming... And I don't know why I'm assuming this, but I'm assuming his his fake manager or possibly real manager is English. That's what I think, too. Michael Kelly. It sounds English. Or Irish or something. I'm pretty sure... Oh, maybe he's Irish. There's some fucking publishing houses in... uh, You know, some companies that can publish some shit... In Germany and uh, well, and especially England. especially now too, because he's so he's um. It's 2016 know. when he writes this. Well, this is the thing. He could publish and it himself. He, that's online. what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like he, Mr. Kelly, is obsolete at this point. <laughs> you know, especially if he's offering to send you a piss-soaked book, a, piss, a, a cat which, piss book. Which, by the way, would be fucking fantastic. Oh, I'd rather it. yeah, I'd rather have that copy. I'd rather have the cat piss from I'd rather have the dusty cat piss from under Michael Kelly's bed. Copy. Than the, the one fresh out of fucking New Zealand, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, we'll, as I said, we'll give you the information for the website, but just go out and check it out. There there are updates all the time, and they're, they're just a super fun read to just go through it all. Right. There's excuses. He promotes, like, other people's fan fiction on there. That's cool. Um, it's, it's kind of incredible. And he does, you know, he, he mentions a few things that he doesn't really approve of. Um, but what, what, what doesn't he approve of? We'll, we'll go into that a bit later. He's oh, okay. very specific in his interests. Oh, believe me. He sounds like a man that's got it all figured out. Exactly. He knows what, um, he's, what, he, what he's into and what he's not. So, yeah, I, I h- highly recommend that you go out there and um, and investigate. But let's let's read another story. All right. Are you, you ready to, for this, Rob? I, I don't know, man. Just go, you know, just, hey, do your best, man. That's all I can do. Uh, this, this is one of my favorite ones that Rob's yes. about to read. This is fantastic. This one is entitled, It Begins Innocently Enough in the Pet Shop. Mm-hmm. It begins innocently enough 
in the pet shop. I am seeking worms for Jetta. Hello there, says a vaulting tenor voice behind me. We meet again. Oh, wait, is that Roy that's, that's talking? Right. Oh, hello there, says a vaulting tenor voice behind me. We meet again. I turn and take in the black clothes and trademark dark glasses. I bow and smile. Mr. Roy Orbison, I presume. What brings you to our little emporium? I was passing through town on my way to a rock star conference in Essen when I decided to get me some deworming powder for my dog. Ah, how ironic. Your dog has worms and my Jetta eats worms. I decide to risk a little joke. Perhaps we shall bring the two of them together? But Roy does not laugh. The eyes behind the dark shades express no mirth. What? What are you saying? Are you saying your terrapin should eat worms out of my dog's ass? He snarls. It is all going wrong. My palms sweat. I wish to die. I try to wake up. Like <laughs> you're going I into bl- Borat, Rob. Now your accent is going into Borat. Is it changing? I I blush and mumble apologies. Fortunately, just then, a distraction arrives. Two criminals burst in, waving shotguns. This is a robbery, they yell. You two are hostages. Make Make them tie other up, says the lead robber. Ah, I have forgotten the rope, says his cohort. I... Oh, they say... I happen to have a roll of cling film here with me, I offer diffidently. Perhaps that will serve? It will have to wrap that man in the black in a cling film at once, or it will go very badly for you. (laughs) Very well. Trembling, I take out the cling film. I am very sorry, Roy. It looks like I have no choice. Do what you have to do. I start at the feet and I work my way up. I wrap him tenderly as a mother swaddling an infant. I marvel at the play of light on the miraculous translucence. Soon, Roy Orbison is entirely wrapped in cling film. I thank God that I was born to live this minute. <laughs> he is completely wrapped in cling film, I report. <laughs> Good, says the bandit. Now I want you to wrap the cling film around the two of you so that you are both, so you are wrapped up with him. My mouth is very dry. I stand pressed against Roy, who is wrapped completely in cling film. Awkwardly, I pass the cling film around both of our waists several times until we are bound together by this miracle substance. My synapses overload with joy. They are both wrapped in cling film, I tell the robbers. I am not completely wrapped, however, but there's more cling film in my briefcase if you care to finish the job. No, that will do. It certainly will. (laughs) It is an hour or more before the police come to release us. Well, I say to Roy Orbison, it was very nice to meet you again. I'm not a philosophical man, says Roy thoughtfully, but it seems like we are bound together in some way. 
Yes, by cling film, I say. <laughs> this time Roy does laugh. Oh. Heartwarming. That was very heartwarming. That's a nice one. That's a really sweet one. Yeah, that's what he gets. I mean, they are like, I think that's the over overriding thing of them all. They're very like sweet and like. They're nice. They're nice little stories. Yeah. A little, uh, you know, left field, maybe. Mm-hmm. A little, um. We also got to understand this guy's German. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Shout out to Germany. You guys are on, you guys are on your own shit. Yeah, they're very. Well, actually, that kind of goes into you know what what I wanted to talk about next. Like, I I just want to talk about why why I like them so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe you can throw in some things too. Um, but the the German thing is is kind of pretty pretty intense. The yeah. That the fact that they're the whole English as a as, as a second language through through a German kind of filter, you know? Right. So they all have this kind of strange, like, soothing cadence to them that mm-hmm. is, like, mm-hmm. it's just through that weird translation. Um, and the the use of when he, he says also a lot, mm-hmm. he'll be like, also, like, you know, what else were you going to say or something like, it's not, we, we don't use it in that way. And so... That's another word he uses all the time. I think it's kind of amazing. Right. Um, but it's also like Germans. Are you kind said of, it. It's also. You just said also. Yeah, but I said also the way that I was using it. Like he uses it in different ways. What I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll shut. It, I'll shut up. No, no, no. I'm just saying he uses it in a. He uses the word the way it's meant to be used, but the way English speakers don't use it. Ah. Do you know what I'm saying? We would probably phrase a whole question. Okay. Were you going to say something else or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And also just stands in for the entire question right. or like, give me more information or something. It's kind of incredible. Right. But the, the thing about it too, is that, um, you know, when I traveled, when I was studying abroad and stuff, I, I met a lot of German students over there and, um, they're very, they're very direct in yeah. their speaking to the point where like they're almost borderline offensive. Even if they're asking you if they can um, borrow your washing powder or something like what, that. What? You borrow your washing powder? Yeah. Like, Is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm saying I, I, I'm like studying. Yeah. So I'm, meet, I'm meeting German, German students. Yeah. But they're not saying, um, they're not going, oh, hey, oh, hey, uh, Billy, cool to see you, man. You got any extra detergent or yeah. something like that? Yeah. It's they're like, like, excuse me, <laughs> washing powder. But not Japanese. But. Would you please, um, I please need some um, washing powder. May I, no, not even may I have yours. I will use yours. I will use your washing powder. Yeah, it's it's just like, and, and there's the. But the, I don't think they're trying to be a dick. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're not trying to be... It's just a very direct way of communicating mm-hmm. that for... Which I appreciate, honestly. I, I think maybe, I think people should communicate a little bit more direct sometimes. Yeah, well, and you and I have a little bit of a problem with that. Like, you have... You know, I was going about the tone, right? Yeah. I mean, I think your tone can be kind of dramatic sometimes, Well, man. I'm... I'm, I'm a German. You're of German heritage, I'm of but German you're not heritage. a German person. Well, no, I'm not. When I'm but s- I'm my, I think my great-grandparents were German. 
Yeah, but you, what I'm saying is you can't then like leech off that. And yeah, go, I can. I, no, That's why can't. I get to say cunt all the time. And I say my, half of my family's Australian. I say cunt. You say, no, you tell people that you're half Australian. Yeah. And that's not true. Well, if half of my family is Australian, then I'm half Australian. And I get to say cunt. There might be a, uh, a murder live on the air today, guys. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> pushing my buttons, You wish, motherfucker. You wish, cunt. Oh, oh. You're, and I, I'm gonna put it on record. You're not half Australian. You're not even. A, you're not even a little bit Australian. No, I'm German, Irish, English, Polish, American. Um, you know. And the other thing is too. I keep saying American all the time, but it's like, I think it's supposed to be the United States. Like America is like Canada and South America. Like Puerto Rico, y- Hawaii. Well, no. That's no. The continent. It's a continent. Oh, right, right, right. Of America. Right, right. Oh, you're, yeah, United States is that, right? United States is those other yeah, places. Yeah, but, that, but South, there's South America, there's Canada and all this shit. Right. So if you say I'm American, you're, you're actually you're actually a dumbass. Yeah. Because you're uh Yeah, yeah. You, when you, you see what I'm saying? When you say you're American, you are actually a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When are you getting your citizenship? Um. Okay, so another another thing that I really like about the story is... All right, let's... Yeah. Let's, is um, I love... And I mentioned this before, but I love his, like, self-awareness. He knows exactly who he is and what he likes. Yeah. And for me, that is, like... The quality that I admire most in people. I yeah, love it being, when people are like, I I like, um, I don't know, I like romantic comedies, but I don't like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to be, like, know yourself, you know? Exactly. Um, be And don't be closed-minded, you know? Be open to new things. But I think it's great that you could choose the, the red pill or the blue pill or whatever. You right. Know? I'm just, I'm just, I'm throwing out comparisons there. No, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult to try and like talk to somebody that's like wishy-washy or doesn't really yeah. know what's going on. It doesn't really know what, what they kind of want to talk to you about or what they're into. And then you're just like, ah, oh. but when you meet somebody that is just like dead set, like they know what they're about and they're honest, it's refreshing. It's entirely refreshing and it's like admirable. I, I mean, I love it. I went to school with, uh, to art school with this guy called Alex Vivian. You've met Alex. Oh, Alex is the shit. Shout out Alex. Alex Vivian's rad. Um, one of the most, I mean, fantastic artist, musician, you know, very talented young guy. But when I first met him, he, um, he was like 19 and the kid was so like just self-aware and he just had, he did his own thing. He had his own complete style. And, uh, one day I think he came to school wearing a Tammy Wynette sweatshirt. Who's that? She's a country singer. Oh, okay. And I'm like, Oh, I love your, I love your sweatshirt or something. And he's like, Oh yeah, she's great. I love Tammy. And I'm like, Oh yeah. My, uh, my friend really loves Dolly Parton or something. And he's like, Oh no. Like, I don't like Dolly. I mean, and sorry, Alex, if this is wrong, but I, I'm, the point I'm trying to make out is like distinct right. interests, likes, right. figure it out. I don't like her. I do like her. I here's do like why. her. And here's why. Boom. And you know why. And it can be the weirdest things, but you know, whatever. It's being true to yourself. So it's, it's always Roy Orbison being wrapped. 
It's always Roy. Yeah. I don't think he ever really articulates. I, I read a bunch of his interviews. I don't think he ever really articulates why Roy. Um, in in the only thing he says is that he's the most. He's his favorite person to rap in cling film. Like for him, it's like the be all end all. You know. Uh huh. Um, and he on his on the website originally he had said for people to send in. There are other, their own stories about other people being wrapped in cling film, but it kind of makes him uneasy. And he has this great thing. He says, oh, yeah. he says, stories about people who are not Roy Orbison being wrapped in cling film make me uneasy and often downright nauseated. It seems unnatural somehow. Right. So if you're, so all is good in the world if you're wrapping up Roy Orbison in Saran Wrap. But if it's anybody else, this guy's going to throw up because it's so fucking It's disgusting. unnatural. Yeah, it's so unnatural and gross. But it's it's the most beautiful and natural thing for, for Roy. For Roy, yeah. Um, for, in his mind, yeah. He also, I have to say in one of the interviews, I, I he does not accept that Roy Orbison is dead, by the way doesn't accept that. How do you not accept? <laughs> he just that's is. A, that's, a, that's a tough one to not accept. He just doesn't accept it. He's a not, he's a denier. He's a Roy Orbison death denier. <laughs> he's going to deny that death until he's, till he's done. So this thing too is like, I, I mean, so, you know, that's one of the things I love about it. It's particular interest, but I've also never heard of that being like a kink. Like being wrapped in, no, in King I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I'm there's. I'm. I'm not denying that it is. Yeah. But it wasn't one that I was familiar with. Well, because it's not. He's not. It, and that's the other thing is like he's not doing sex shit. No. He's not wrapping him up so he can fuck him or something. No, he's not. But but he's also like talking about the pleasure he's getting yeah, from this. Yeah, that is and the they're, thing. They're kind of they're kind of sexy, but they're not explicit. There's never any sex, but they're very to me, I think they're very like erotically charged. Oh, completely. And um so when somebody asked him about Uli uh, about when somebody asked Uli if the stories were like sexual, he said you want to read this one? Uh, I do not know, but it is certainly a beautiful thing. I think we are too eager to reduce everything to sex. It is very, very sensual, though. See, and that's a that's a nice point as well. It's like, does it does it have to be about? Does it have to be sex? Does it? I mean, it gives you pleasure. Like writing about this, thinking about this, living in this fantasy world gives you pleasure. Does it need to um, have like a release at the end of that? Oh, a little release. No, I don't know. And I think I, I get it. Like there's a lot of things that kind of like, maybe that's more interesting to, um, to border on it than to be like, you know, then, then the, the tip of my shaft goes right into the 100%. ring and fucking, you know, urged spurts or you know what I mean like yeah. like don't you don't have to go there like just do and something I think, interesting I mean you know I, I don't know like a ton about fetishes and stuff but I know that they are very personal and they're very specific yeah but I don't necessarily know like for for him like the just the idea of Roy being in, in wrapped in cling film makes him feel a certain way makes him tingle makes him tingle makes him it's kind of amazing you yeah. know and like I actually go for it to think too if you um if you could just get your your kinks down like that 
perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I'll, this this is what I'm all about. It mm-hmm. has to be this, and mm-hmm. it has to be you know, it's kind of amazing. Um, in fact, going back to to what he was saying about it, you know, specifically being Roy Orbison wrapped in cling film. Yeah, because anybody, anybody else he's going to vomit. Any, anybody else is gross. Vomit. He, uh, you know, he entertains the idea of like wrapping other people in cling film for for others, not not for himself. He's not going to like it. But they, in one of the interviews, they asked him, you know, what would who who's the best person? That's obviously Roy to wrap in cling film. Clearly. And who's the who would be the worst person? To, to rap and cling film. He does mention his ex-wife was one of the worst. <laughs> um, mostly because um, she didn't sit still. She tried to run away and then um, uh, and then served him legal papers. Oh, that's, yeah, that's called assault. Um, but this, this little nugget, I found it really tickled my fancy. Um, he says that it would be in poor taste. It would be in poor taste to rap either a deaf mute or an Italian in cling film as they cannot talk without moving their hands. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired on the Italians. Oh, That's man. That's fucking amazing. All my Italian friends, he fucking got you, motherfuckers. He got you. He Can't got move your you. fucking hands if you got cling film wrapped around you. So... Yeah, that's um. Do we do we want to? Should we read the third story? Do, yeah, do one more story, and we'll we fucking we'll one more story. We'll wrap it up. I want to just talk a little bit about um about Roy Orbison in general, but we'll leave that for as there's just the little ending. There you go. Right. Okay. Here is the third and last installment of our. There's more on the website though, There's so if you guys are loving more. these things, just go check I out. Just his go fucking- and read them. Just go and read <laughs> all of them. Um, okay, here we go. In this fantasy, I am driving along the Autobahn between Köln and Aachen. A large Winnebago has pulled to the side of the road ahead. An anxious-looking man flags me down. This could be trouble, I say to Jetta. It, it is... So he's driving with his turtle. Of course. Oh, his terrapin, my bad. Yeah, they, they travel everywhere together. Mm-hmm. This could be trouble, I say to Jetta. It is certainly irregular. Jetta says nothing. <laughs> Little do I know what is in store. Can you help me? Says the man. I am Roy Orbison's tour manager. <laughs> also, I say in polite surprise, I have already read the legend Roy Orbison tour bus on the side of the vehicle. I get out of the car. That seems to be the problem. He leads me to the back of the van. Roy has succumbed to a heart attack and is clinically dead, he explains, indicating a certain well indicating a certain well-known man in black sprawled on the floor of the vehicle. So, I say, are you perchance a doctor? No. I studied at catering college for some years, but was forced to leave for reasons I prefer not to disclose. Ugh, then I am at a loss of what to do. There is one thing we might try, I say with elaborate nonchalance. If we were to wrap him in cling film, this would prevent corruption settling in until we could get him to the hospital. 
It is certainly worth a try, but I have no cling film. <laughs> Fortunately, I have several since a car. I go to the car to, and retrieve it. The tour manager looks anxiously over my shoulder as I set to work. I must work undisturbed, I tell him. He nods and gives me privacy. Now it is just me and Roy Orbison in the, and this zickling film. I start from, from the ankles and work my, my way up to the trademark dark glasses, wrapping slowly and carefully. Soon Roy Orbison is completely wrapped in cling film. He is like a big black beetle wrapped in a silvery cocoon. <laughs> the satisfaction is unparalleled by anything in my previous existence. He is completely wrapped in cling film, I call to the manager. I will accompany you as you drive into the hospital. Four hours later, Roy Orbison sits up in bed in hospital and smiles at me. I hear I owe you my life, he says. Please accept these concert tickets. <laughs> all of my teenage fantasies are that. It's it's always like... Somebody giving you concert tickets? Yeah, it's always like... And, you know, and then in the back of the van, it was like the band that I really like and, and I help them and they give me concert tickets or ask me to come on tour with them or ask me to star in their new movie. Yeah. It was a Michael J. Fox one that used to keep going a lot. Anyway, <clears throat> I, I, uh, I digress. I bow politely. There is something you perhaps should know. While you were in a coma, I was forced to wrap you entirely in cling film. <laughs> Quick thinking, says Roy. <laughs> you did not mind? Roy's expression is unreadable. I wasn't aware of it. But was there the slightest twinkle behind those dark glasses? <laughs> of course, I reflect as I return to the patient Jetta. There can be no question of him enjoying it, for he was dead at the time. Or was he? Oh, I like the it. End. See? So great. So good. So anyway, we um, you can find all of these stories at uh, Michael Kelly, http michaelkelly.artofeurope.com. You'll find them, or you know, Google Roy Orbison wrapped in cling film. There's a plethora of stuff out there, but we will put all of the stuff on our on our stuff, right? Yeah. Put it on our IG and our our website and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, there you go. Um, Rob. I mean, I don't. I, you know, I gotta be honest. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about uh, Roy Orbison, and I think it's kind of like. I mean, is this too late in the thing to even be? I mean, it seems stupid that there was two people that were dressed in black, and he's not. You know what I mean? He's not the famous one. That sucks. If you fucking wore black every day, and you were and always, you were always hot. Yeah, you would fucking, fucking sweating your balls off every day yeah. because you're the man in black. Yeah, and everybody thinks Johnny Cash. Yeah, they don't think fucking Roy Orbison. I know Roy. I mean, I, I suppose he was a big I deal. I mean, he wore black and he had those fucking big ass glasses, and you know that was his that was his thing. Uh, you know, you know, fair enough. But uh, you know, well, I mean, that's so not really the point of this podcast. But for me, though, the, the stories have always been like 
extra kind of, I don't know, they've, they've sat in a weird place for me because Roy Orbison, um, as we were saying, I was never like a super fan or mm-hmm. anything. Right. Um, like, I know Pretty Woman, you know. Oh, he's saying that? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's the one. That's yeah. the big one. Oh, okay. And, um, but I, I, I have to say, I fucking hate that he did the Traveling Wilburys, too. Remember that? In the fucking 80s. And Is it that was a like band? Tom Petty and something, and they did that. Oh, I like Tom Petty. But they, it was like a super group, the four of them, they were all old, and they did a thing, they were on a fucking train, and they were like... Oh, was, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the song, but it used to play in the Nelson Pub all the time. It used to play this country pub that I worked Billy at. Billy used to bartend in a, in a fishing village on the coast of Australia. I did. Full of fucking meathead fucking animals <laughs> that were but they uh, used to borderline play, mentally disabled. They used to play... Um, Fucking traveling Wilbury song all the time. So hey, didn't they also used to play Hotel California or no Desperado? Oh, they played all the Eagles shit. All the Eagles. Anyway, um, but but the song for me, the Roy Orbison song for me is um the song In Dreams, and um I want to sing a little bit for you now. Oh, you're gonna stare at me? It starts off. It starts off. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Whispers through my window every night Close your your eyes, little dawn Everything will be alright I close my eyes <laughs> It goes on, this is a big thing I kind of like it the way But you it, it's, it's a fucking brilliant song And... People would know it from the David Lynch movie Blue Velvet. Oh, I'm not a. Uh, you Rob's not a, a a real David Lynch fan. This is one of our our kind of uh, you know double double sided you know uh, flip of the coin. I don't know. We kind of differ on David Lynch. I, I, I you know I just don't think that a, a feature film is a, a place for abstract art. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. Interesting. You're going to make me sit here for two fucking hours All right. looking and listening to some shit that's abstract? Yeah. it's. But if I'm in a museum, I can walk away. Okay. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway. Um, but Blue, Blue Velvet's not really that abstract, right? That's more of like Blue a... Blue Velvet is a fucking brilliant movie. All right. Well, but I'll have to watch it. This um, this song is, is featured... Basically, the main character, Dennis Hopper's character, you know, Frank Booth is obsessed with this song and he keeps demanding to hear it all the time because it it takes him to he's a fucking raging psychopath and this song takes him to like a happy place or a violent place or oh, something. Okay. It's, he's like you know it's he's like Meh. but he keeps calling it uh, the candy colored clown the candy colored clown like right. play it like he's going over and over so the the it's used several times in the movie, but there's this incredible scene where Dean Stockwell, the actor who plays a kind of like effeminate, um, like cabaret singer, but not, not at all. But he does this lip synced version of it. And it's all this fucked up shit going on in the background, like threats of violence and bad, 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 bad stuff. Uh huh. Um, I'm into that. But my, my uncle Pete, uh, Showed me Blue Velvet. When of course, I, Pete showed you that. Yeah. Fucking Uncle Pete is a fucking legend. Uncle Pete Everybody rules. out there, he's, my favorite Uncle Pete. He's he, he he was a huge influence on me when I was a kid. Basically, he, I thought Pete. Oh, I still do. 
But I thought he was the fucking coolest. She was like a punk rock kid. He was amazing. Who was super gnarly. Yeah. So he showed me he showed me Blue Velvet when I was about eleven, and be- previous to that, I had watched a bunch of like horror movies and stuff. But you used to watch. See, that was different. Like when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch gnarly shit or R-rated shit. You were watching the most fucked up shit when you were like a little kid. A little, little kid. Australians are a little bit more lenient, especially punk rock fucking welfare Australians. But here's the thing. So I had seen a bunch of, I had seen a bunch of horror movies, but you know, and, and people who are familiar with Blue Velvet will know that it's, it's fucked up. Like it's a fucked up movie, you know? And, and, um, so it, it affected me way more than the other horror movies. Like it affected me in this way where it's like Kyle McLaughlin is this, he's a nice kid. He's a good kid. And he gets kind of like caught up in this bad, in this bad shit, you know? Right. And the whole thing starts off because he he finds a fucking severed ear. There's a severed ear. Okay. And that leads to this whole other shit. You know, out of all the David Lynch movies, you would like this one because it's a lot of crime shit. Oh, I might have to do it. Anyway, so... For years after that, every Christmas, I would find, like, some kind of ear, some kind of, like, I got him, like, an eraser one time, I got him (laughs) a key ring another time, but basically, I would box up a severed ear, and I would give it to Uncle Pete for Christmas every year. That's rad. And he would open the box, and he's like, oh, blah, 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 and it would be a fucking ear, and he'd be like, oh, my God. So the whole thing for me... What was the thing that when when we brought him... Oh, I'm sorry. You keep going, and we'll ask you after you finish your point. I was just going to say... For me, these stories have like a sinister quality to them that doesn't, that is not the author's intention and does not, um, this is my personal thing because, you know, I think of Roy Orbison, I think of In Dreams, Mm. I think of fucking Blue Velvet, I think of that fucked up universe. Yeah. And so in my, in my head, these stories like are always like this, it's like you know, it's alluding to this fucking like weird, like suburban world of people being wrapped in cling film. And, like, <laughs> it's like, it, they, it's, it, they, they, they nest in a dark place. Yeah. And I don't think that's the Uli's intention at all. And I think that is one of the best things about, uh, reading or, or, or taking other people's creative stuff is they, they become you, you know, yeah. they become you and they yeah. just, it's, it's all your frame of reference and stuff. So these stories really speak to me. Yeah. On and they have for years. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing about art too, is it's so like, that's why I find it like so hard to talk about my own art or something like that is cause it's like, you know, I've got, you know, maybe I have my set of what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just kind of making this thing that is me. Right. Which is what Uli's doing. Right. And so then if you want me to, like, write a bunch of shit about it, it's like you kind of can't. Because, like, if I could write about it, I'd be writing an essay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm making these things because those are the things I want to make. So it's up to the fucking viewer to appreciate them in any way that they appreciate them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the same thing. Like, maybe that little, like, pink little squiggle that you made, you made on the canvas, right? Mm-hmm makes you kind of feel like a way that that Uli feels exactly. about Roy and Clingfield. Exactly. And you can't articulate that. No, because that's why like, you made the switch. You're what, like, yeah, that, right. that's pleasing to me. Yes, it's pleasing. It's pleasing. And, and, and then you can take it however you take it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and he couldn't, 
if he could write something else about Roy Orbison or cling film, he would. But this is what he's doing. He's writing these amazing fucking stories, and then that's what making art is. Yeah, you're doing. You're trying to express something that brings you joy, and you're hoping that it brings other people joy as well. Yeah, and it, it's funny. Both both Rob and I, you know, and you you kind of get to know this, I guess. We're both visual artists. We met in art school. We're both painters, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things we we always get a little like uh, <clears throat> uncomfortable or embarrassed about is like. When, you know, you see, like, an artist, like, interviewed for, like, a, a commercial or TV or something, and they're like, yeah, I'm just about, like, you know, it's, for me, art is a way to uh, channel my self-expression. And, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we're always, like, sitting there kind of, like, cringing. Oh, God. But, of course, that's that's what it is, right? You yeah. are expressing yourself, but, like, right, right. not in some, I don't know, man. Like, it's a... It's a hard one. It's a hard one, yeah. and it's and it's putting something out there to um, to try and connect with people. That's what's so scary about it, too. And like this dude is obviously made this website, you know, possibly made up a fake agent, possibly published a book in New Zealand that mm-hmm. you can't get a copy of, to try and like put it out there for people to enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that's fucking rad. Yeah. And that's it's what it is. Great. And that's what it is. And it's like, that's what, you know, people make art. It's like, you, 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 it, there's something that you want to express that brings you joy. And then you put it out there and then you're hoping that other people also get joy from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. My goal in any sort of visual art that I've ever made is, is like to make that connection to one person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I read... Maybe that was probably your problem. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that was probably your problem, Bill. That's why I'm you not should, you should, you should, successful you, you probably should have tried to connect with 10 million people and not but one. Hey, but you're all, you always do that fucking do damn that, man. You're like, if one person gets this, if one person understands this... Because uh, here's the thing. I have been that one person. When when I first read these stories of right. bullies, I like... You like, got it. I can't even. I can't even um, articulate the fucking like excitement and joy I got from this because I, for all the reasons that I've said in this podcast, yeah, you know. Um, but it really gives me so much fucking joy. I really encourage all of you to go out there and do the, spend an afternoon like investigating this stuff, um, or or do it yourself. And yeah, do it yourself. Write your own fucking fan fiction about whoever and you want to wrap in. Whoever you want to wrap in, we might rap. read it. We we might read it on air. You freaking mook at gmail.com. Send us your stuff, man. You freaking mook at Instagram. Yeah. But the one little thing I wanted to just um just sort of finish up. Are here. you putting a cherry on top? Well, I think maybe we could we can do our like our, our final thoughts. But like Jerry just, Springer? Just for um, Uli, he um, he really puts this kind of beautifully in this one sentence that I picked up from one of his interviews. He says, What I write about is a phenomenon belonging to the world of dreams which I am entitled to guess. Mm. And I just fucking think that's fucking great yeah you can think whatever you want to fucking think you know it's fucking awesome absolutely so here's what I want to say for our final thought Rob 
Who would you wrap in cling film? You. I fucking, somehow I fucking knew it would be that answer. Yeah, I would wrap you in cling film and then I would, uh, oh, what would I do? I mean, I guess I would play sports. On the TV? On the TV and you'd have to watch it. Oh, Jesus. And then, and then I would just, oh, pure torture. Like physical torture? No, you watch. Oh. You having to watch sports is torture for you. Yeah, no, it's horrible. That sound. What? Well, who the fuck? Who are you rapping cling film? Um, well, I was thinking about this before, and I was like, out of, out of everyone, I would like to wrap someone kind of like fleshy. I feel like uh-huh. the first, the first name that popped into my head was Anna Nicole Smith. I know she's dead. She's that's kind of fucked up to wrap up a dead person. She when she was alive, all right. Anna Nicole but Smith what, when she was alive. She wasn't always fleshy. She was pretty fleshy, man. Oh, you know who was fleshy? Um, the uh, who's the famous, the first like famous pinup that fucked Kennedy? Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Doesn't interest me. Yeah, no, not me either. But I'm just saying she's fleshy. Yeah. It's- Real good final thought there, Rob. <laughs> I think he's my fleshy, good. fleshy women of the ages. What, what, um, watching sports and fleshy women of the ages. This, that was the worst final fucking thought. final thought anybody could have ever done. Maybe that was fucking terrible. Yeah, your yours in particular, and I love how that it like, you know, mine it's, in it's particular. From this, it's from this like innocent, innocent pleasure, and um. And you're just using it as a way to, like, torture me. And not even in, like, an inventive or a good way. It's just, like, I'm just lying on the floor, like, wrapped in Clingfield, like, sweating. And you've got, like, the, the fucking the Browns playing. Like, yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, you're right. I don't... I wasn't ready for that question. I don't think it's a good... I think... For, okay, fucking... From now on, if we're going to do a final thought, we need to do... We need to throw it out there before we do it. Because that was some bullshit. I thought maybe some uh, an off-the-cuff thing might be... Might but it's be not good. always good at this at this time of the day. Yeah. Wow. Clearly not. Anyway. Right. Um, listen. Fucking... I love these fucking stories. Yes. Get out there, read them. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed our terrible German accents. <laughs> and our terrible Rob's, conclusion. Rob's fucking... Weird, like multinational. You sound like a like a. I don't know, man. I sounded dope. Yeah. I sounded fucking cool Super as fuck. Dope. Hey, it's your freaking mook. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Later. Yeah. What's up?